Good evening, welcome everybody. Uh, Erev Yom Kippur is the yard side from Rabbi Yochanan Stepan, one of the, uh, the dean of Emek Hebrew Academy, really responsible for the building of the new campus. So uh, as we've done the last few years, the Torah we're learning tonight should be Le'ilu Nishmas, Yochanan Nachum ben David. Thank you again to the Cohens for opening up their beautiful home for learning Torah. Please, God, it should only be a place of bracha and simcha. Um, it's, uh, I think it's, it's appropriate that we uh, uh, introduced by Reb, Reb Nassen, who is a bit developing to really an outstanding Rebbe at Emma Kiever Academy. And I think, and I told him tonight, that today, Chinuch, 99% of chinuch is what happens outside the classroom, not what happens inside the classroom. The difference between a teacher and a mechanach is a teacher teaches in the classroom. A mechanach learns how to teach, not only in the classroom, but outside the classroom as well. And the fact that he's able to get so many of his students to come to listen to the shir outside of the classroom is a, is a testament to really uh, where you're holding as a rebbe as well. So yashe koach, it's really wonderful. So we're right ho now holding in the Aseris Yimei Tshuva, on the doorsteps of Yom Kippur. So it's interesting to note, we call it the Aseris Yimei Tshuva, the 10 days of Tshuva. And today, I believe, it was the Slicha, it was Dalid, Ashkenazim, Slicha Dalid. If you're Sephardim, it was Chav Dalid, I believe. But uh, if uh, you do the count, actually, there's only seven days of Aseris Yimei Tshuva. Why? Because really, Aseris Yimei Tshuva starts with the first day of Rosh Hashanah and ends with Yom Kippur. So really, Rosh Hashanah is really the beginning of the period that is known as the Aseris Yimei Tshuva. We know that the way uh, something begins defines what the rest of that time period uh, is going to look like. And I want to share with you a yesod, a, a concept that I developed that I heard from my own Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Yochanan Zwagshlita. But I believe it's probably one of the most important messages that I myself have, have received as an educator. And you know that all parents today are educators as well, at least they should be. I know educators have to be parents, but I believe parents need to be educators too. And uh, I think this is a yesod that uh, can be shared across the board parents as well as educators. So it's, it's fascinating that the Kriya Torah for the first day of Rosh Hashanah, other than the first few psukim that deal with the birth of Yitzchak, we understand Yitzchak, one of the Avos, is fundamental in the Rosh Hashanah story, which is borne out by the Kriya Torah of the second day, which is the Akedah, the Akedah plays a, a pivotal role in Rosh Hashanah. The, uh, the shofar from the ram of the, uh, 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 that was shechted instead of, of, of Yitzchak. We understand the importance of the, the second day's Kriya Torah. First few psukim, I can understand too, the birth of Yitzchak. But the rest of the psukim of the reading of the first day of Rosh Hashanah deal with Yishmael. It's always bothered me, why do we need to, first day Rosh Hashanah, really one of the holiest days, the most important days of a Jewish calendar, 
And what are we discussing? The progenitor, the patriarch of the Arabs. Why? Moshe Tikkun Yisrael, we know that what, what is read on the holidays is, is really comes halacha Moshe Misenai, that we have to do what we do at that time. And all of a sudden we spend so many psukim discussing Yishmoel. So I think we need to have a good reason, understanding. Again, this is the way we're beginning that Seresi Meitshuva. We're starting off discussing the life and times of Yishmoel. It's interesting that the Muslims actually have taken the story of Yitzchak and they substitute Yitzchak for Yishmael, right? That means that that's the... Uh, Avram, yeah, they agree with Avram, but then it doesn't go Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. It goes uh, Avram, Yishmael, and Muhammad, whoever that goes after that, but it does not go, that's what they've done. And what are we doing? <laughs> we start talking about Yishmael on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. So that needs a bit of a Hezber. I want to share with you a, a very strong question that is asked by Rabbi Elia Mizrahi. He was a, uh, lived in the, in the 15th century, one of the super commentaries on Rashi, known as the, he was known as the Ra'im. And anyone who learns Rashi seriously is going to or encounter learning the Mizrahi. And he asked the following question. It says like this, that in Parshat Kiseitze, we read a couple of weeks ago, we have probably one of the more complex and difficult stories, uh, a set of rules that is known as the Bensora Umora. Bensora Umora is the, well, uh, the wayward and rebellious son that, again, there's a whole tr- uh, chapter in, in, in Masech Sanhedrin dealing with Bensora Umora, and it discusses that he steals from his parents' uh, money for meat and wine, and they take him to the base den, and he gets warned, and if he continues to be rebellious, they take him again, and he is executed. He is stoned. Right? Imagine telling your kid, you know, next time you do that, you're going to get executed, right? But that's the story there. And Rashi brings it down, discussing with Ayrton and Dafyom, when you learn the Gemaras and you see where Rashi gets it from, Rashi, based on the Gemara and Sota, brings down, stealing is not a capital offense. Right? All of a sudden, we're executing someone for stealing from his parents? And Rashi brings down that the Torah was yardless of Daito. They analyzed this fellow. This fellow, this is a kid, 13 years old, into his 14th year, that he is becoming uh, uh, hooked on, 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 on physical things, and what's going to happen is he's going to deplete the money of his parents. The next thing he's going to do is start stealing from other people. Once he starts stealing from other people, he's going to end up murdering someone. So therefore, this is a preemptive strike. I believe there was, there was a movie made a, 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 a number of years ago about that the ability to be able to see what's going to happen in the future, and then they, they judge someone based on... Uh, so that's, that's what they're doing over here. The, the Torah is telling Yerod Lusayv Daito is they understand he's going to be a, uh, a, 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 a... He's going to end up being a murderer, so like we're almost saving him from himself. Let's execute him now because of what he will become. Right? Very difficult philosophical concept, but that is what it says that happens with the Ben Sora Mora. 
is nerag al shem sofo. He's executed based on what he's going to become. Asks the Mizrahi, he said, that flies in, in the face of the psukim that we read in Bereshis concerning Yishmael. What happens with Yishmael? Right? It says, Yishmael, Sarah's thesis that he's a negative influence, we'll discuss in a moment how he's a negative influence, but he's a negative influence on her son Yitzchak, who is going to be the progenitor, he is going to be an Av, cannot have a Yishmael around, becomes a big dispute in the household. Avram is very upset. HaKadosh Baruch says, you know what? Like we all know, listen to your wife. <laughs> you got to listen to your wife and therefore send her and her son packing. And they go out, Yishmael gets a fever, the water is depleted, and he is dying, and she goes away and hides and turns her back because she doesn't want to see him die. My Rosh Hashiva said, you see, she wasn't a Jewish mother. No Jewish mother would go away and turn their back, you know, from, from the child. But anyway, and she's crying, and the Malach comes to her and says, don't worry, uh, uh, Hashem is going to save him. A miracle happens, a well appears. Right? And the Gemara brings down that the Malachim came to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what are you doing? Don't you know that... Yishmael is going to be responsible, either directly through him or his descendants, for the death of tens of thousands, if not more, Jews in the future. How are you creating a miracle to save him? And the Pasuk says, Hashem says, that I judge him by Asher Husham. I look at who he is right now. And right now, those acts have not been perpetrated, Therefore, I am going to go ahead and save him. Says the Mizrahi, one second. We just got through mentioning what happens with the Ben Sora Mora. The Ben Sora Mora is executed as a preemptive strike. Don't let him become a murderer. Don't let that happen in the future. Let's execute him now. And here we see by Yishmael exactly the opposite. Very difficult question, and the Mepharshim for 500 years have been dealing with this question that has been raised by the Mizrahi. So we're hopefully going to try and answer that question tonight and walk away with something meaningful for, for, for Yom Kippur. So the question we're asking is, by Yishmael, it says that he was saved because Hashem looks at him the way he is right now, whereas by the Ben Soramorah, it says that he is executed based on what he will become. Why don't we look at him what he is right now? He just stole. Stealing is not a capital offense. So why over there do we do the preemptive strike? That's the question that is asked by the Mizrahi. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll share with you a question that, that, that bothered me. Or it's gone, bothered me for many, many years. Rashi says, why is Yishmael kicked out of the house? Why was Sarah so upset at what Yishmael was doing? So Rashi brings down that she saw him being mesachek. Right? He was laughing, fooling around, mocking. And Rashi brings down is that he was doing three of the most serious averas. Right? One, he was shooting arrows at Yitzchak, trying to, trying to kill him. The other one, he was molesting him. The, terrible things. So, so look at him the way he is now. What do you mean? Look at him the way he is now. Now he's a tzaddik. 
Forget about what he's going to do in the... Look at what he just did, you know, the last couple of years. So even if you look at him the way he is now, why is he... Why should he be saved? Right? So what, 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 are the, what is the Malach telling Hagar, don't worry, Hashem is going to save him because Ba'asher Husham, Ba'asher Husham, he's not one of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim. Why does it deserve to be saved? That's the question that I had. So it's the second question we're going to deal with. If we go to the, uh, back to the Parsha's Kiseitze, to the Parsha of Bensoro Mora, there's some also very, very difficult things to understand. The Gemara makes the following statement, is that the Bensoro Mora never happened there was never a case of a Ben Sora Could have been come close. I can tell you some kids that probably, but never that, that could have come close. Never happened and never will. Now, how do you make such a statement? You can make a statement that there will never be a Ben Sora There never was, I'm sorry, there was never, never was a Ben Sora How do Chazal know? that there never will be one. Very difficult. How do they know that? Secondly, right, so we say like this. We say that the Ben Sarah never happened, never will. So the Gemara asks the question, well, if it's never going to be, why are you wasting our time having 25, 30 psukim in the Torah discussing Ben Sarah if there never was one and there never will be one? Someone says, Drosh v'kabel schar. You study it, and you'll be rewarded. It's also very hard to understand. So, okay, make us have to learn, study the telephone book. I don't even know kids today know what a telephone book is. But let us study a telephone book, okay? Draw us for Kabul Schar. If it's never going to be, it's never going to happen, so then what's the purpose of studying? Draw us for Kabul Schar. What does it mean? Study it, and you'll be rewarded. So let's just recap the question. So we're asking the, what is this, the sense of reading on the first day of the Aserasi Meitruva, the story of Yishmael? Why do we need to be reading the story of Yishmael? Let's pick one of the others, pick something that was more speaks to us. Why are we talking about the progenitor of, 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 of the Arabs, the, the, the patriarch of the Arabs? Why are we studying that? The Mizrahi's question is that what's the difference between Surah Mora that is preemptively executed, as opposed to uh, Yishmael, I mean Yishmael, that he's saved because it hasn't happened yet. The third question, what do you mean he's, it hasn't happened yet? But look what he just did. He got thrown out of the house because he was doing terrible things. So what do you mean it hasn't, hasn't he's a as he is there? How do Chazal know that it won't happen. Saying it never happened, that's historical fact. Saying it's not going to happen, how do they know it won't happen? And what does it mean that if it's never going to happen, then what are you studying it for? Drosh v'kabel schar. What is the schar you're getting for learning it? If you go through the Psukim by Ben Sora Mora, there's some fascinating halachas that at face value seem to make no sense whatsoever. Based on the dash in the Psukim. Let's go through some of them. The mother and father bring the child to Bastin and they say, He's Einena Shomer Bekoleinu. He refuses to listen to our voice. Says the Gemara, since it says our voice, that means both the husband and the wife have to have the same sounding voice. 
If it's not kolam shave, if the voice is not the same, can't be a ben sora mora. To understand when it has high decibel, low decibel, they both have to have deep voices, high voices. What does that mean? Furthermore, it says that they walk him to the basin and they hand him over to the dayanim. They both, all, they have to have all their limbs intact. If Rahman Atzlan is a parent that has a deformity, crippled, missing hand, can't be a ben sora mora. Because the parent does not have all their limbs, they can't be a ben sora mora. What's the case? Next, there has to be a basin. They bring it to the basin. There's no basin. The basin is the next city. Can't be a ben sora mora. It has to be a basin in that city. Let's talk about the shot. All these the strange halachas. Can't be a ben sora mora for these things. Pshat is as follows. Is that in order to be a ben sora mora, a child has to be rotten to the core, meaning that his behavior reflects innately who he is. It has to be that innately who he is. If there is any extenuating circumstance of how you can attribute perhaps why he's being impacted and he's behaving the way he is, then you can't say he's completely rotten to the core and that, therefore, is going to be executed based on the future. What could be affecting? One of the most important aspects of raising healthy, socially, emotionally, spiritually developed children is shalom bias. If you don't have shalom bias, if there's no peace in the home, if the parents are not on the same point, it's very hard to be able to develop the kind of child that we'd like to the child. If there's discord in the house, it means the mother and father are giving mixed messages. They don't have the same voice. That's what it means that they have to have the same voice. Also, the child has to view the parents as a parental figure. Rahman al-Itzlan, if the kid is in a, the father's in a wheelchair and the father and the kid has to be pushing the kid around in the wheelchair, or the father's deformed, the mother's deformed, it's hard to develop that sense of parent when the child sees deformity. It's also, therefore, the behavior is not necessarily innately reflecting the child is. If there's no based in, there's not a strong legal structure within the city, there's no strong education in the city, that also can impact negatively on why the child is doing what they're doing. Therefore, under such circumstances, cannot be a Ben Saruman. If there's anything that we can say is an extenuating circumstance to what the development of the child is, but it doesn't reflect who the child actually is, that can't be a Ben Saruman. You know why Chazal know that there can never be a Ben Saruman? Why can there never be a Ben Saruman? Because you're never going to find such a child. You will never find a child that is so rotten to the core that what he does truly reflects who he is. There's always going to be a way to find those extenuating circumstances to the way that he is behaving. You'll always find it. And therefore, there cannot be such a child. A Ben Soramora never was and never will be. Now, this is probably the most important point that I want you to walk away with. And this is the mistake of this generation. When we say there's an extenuating circumstance, that does not exonerate the behavior. That means that the child's behavior is reflecting something external. It's not reflecting who he is. But he is still held responsible. He is still held responsible. The difference is, if it's not who he is, he can change.
as long as it's external, as long as it's involved making bad decisions based on the environment, based on the home, he can change. If it's reflecting who he is, then he can't change. The point is, there's never going to be such a child. Everybody can change. There's no one who can't change. So therefore, what's the shot with Ben Soromora? You study it. Why are we studying it? Because this is the utopian situation. The utopian situation, we study the messages because then we learn from the Ben Soromora that that's what is going to cause him to be so rotten that there, anything that could change that you can't say is rotten to the core, then these are things that we have to work on externally. We can get schar. We learn how we're supposed to raise our children from the things that we learn why he can't be a Ben Soromora. That's the schar that we're learning. And that's why we're studying. It teaches us how important the environment is, how important parenting is, how important the Shalom bias is, how important to have a good base in, to have a good chinuch. That's what we're learning. That's the Drosh Vakabuschar. This is the example, this is the utopian situation from where we're going to derive those messages that we learn for ourselves. But that's a very important point, meaning something external doesn't mean he's not responsible. This generation there's a billion, billion dollar industry that you go, you lie down on a couch, and they tell you that was your father's fault, that was your mother's fault, that was your teacher's fault, that it's not your fault. No. That doesn't mean it's not your fault. That means, yes, it had something to do with, your, with why you're behaving the way you are. But the message should be, but therefore it doesn't reflect who you truly are, and therefore you can change. That should be the message. Not that therefore it's their fault and that you did nothing wrong. That lasts about 20 minutes and you feel good about yourself and then you feel bad about yourself again. You need to be told that you can change your behavior because external to you, it's not internal, intrinsic of who you are. That is the message of Ben Saramur. And unfortunately, that is the message today that we are giving our children because we don't let them take responsibility for their actions. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. They'll never change. That's the most damaging thing we can do. We stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And we all know, We know what we've done this past year. Right? We want to be written and inscribed and sealed in the book of life. We want another year. But we know what we've done. What we plead to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, Hashem, what I've done is not reflecting truly who I am. Those are external, those acts are external to me. That's not reflecting who I am. I can change. I can change. Don't hold me. I need to be punished for the things that I did. But let me, give me the opportunity to change. And by the way, what is the vehicle for change? What do we have to do to change? That's the ultimate chesed Hashem gave us, is tshuva. Shuva allows us to change. And that allows us to say that what we've done is not reflective of who we really is. That's what Shuva is. That's what the vehicle of Shuva. So that's what we do. We stand before Hashem. Give me another year. Give me another year. I'll, I'll do my best to change because that's not who I am. Let me show you who I am. Let me show you how truly I am, who, what my essence is. What story brings that out the best? You know what story brings it out the best? Yishmael came from a home of conflict. He came from a home of strife. There was fighting going on in the home. There were things going on in the home that HaKadosh Baruch says, Ba'asher Husham. The things that he has done don't necessarily reflect who he really is. And I'm willing to give him a shot. 
I'm willing to save him and let him continue on. And by the way, the self yom of what happened to Yishmael at the end, he did tshuva. Because that really wasn't who he was. That was, and he's responsible for the things he did, but it was a product of the environment around him. And therefore, what better message when we stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Rosh Hashanah, the first day of a series of truth, what better message is there for us to say, Hashem, you said by Hashem, we can change as well. Now, we're not saying it's not our fault. Saying it's not our fault, you don't, you don't have much chance to survive. You have to say, it is my fault, I'll take responsibility, but it's not who I am. Not who I am. Okay, show me. You get another year to show that's not who you are. That's what tshuva comes from. That's the message that we want, and that's what we learn from Yishmael. And by the way, therefore, the Mizrahi's question is not a question. Why is it not a question? Because it's true. If we could really say that someone is rotten to the core, and there's no extenuating circumstance of why he acted the way he did, then we would have a right to do what? We could execute him based on what's going to happen. But we can't find such a situation. Yishmael, Yishmael was not a situation. Terrible things might happen in the future. But we cannot say that it's reflecting of who he truly is because he can change. And therefore Yishmael gets a shot. And by the way, it's very interesting, my Roshiva pointed out, you don't find Yishmael's name used at all in all the 25, 30 psukim. Hanar, Hayelet, you don't fight because a person's name is the essence of who he is. So this whole story of Yishmael, his name doesn't appear because it's showing that that behavior was not the reflecting the essence of who he is. That's why his name is not used. So there, Mir Hashem, we now go into Yom Kippur. We know Sersi Tshuva. That should be the message for us. We know what we've done. We know that we haven't done, listened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, Hashem, I've done bad things. I have things that, I, that, that, that are not like bringing covet to Shem Shamayim. Give me a chance to show that I can be a true ambassador of covet Shem Shamayim. I, give me a chance. Let me try to do tshuva. And this way will be all nechtam, please God, in the uh, book of life. And have another year to show we can do what we can do. Yeah. Hmm.